Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, your generosity abounds around us every day and every moment. Like the dawn that comes, shedding light all over and the promise of yet even more light, we trust that you are active in our lives, and we ask that you would build that trust in us. Amen. So, grain. Grain. <laughs> I was kind of excited. I think it's kind of cool the way it moves in the wind, too, up here. We had a big empty space that we needed something to put up there. But it's also a reminder to us of this season that's not a season, really. Any time that the pyramids are green, we're kind of in between things. And it's that season of growth. It is that time that we focus on ourselves in a lot of ways. We've spent the first half of the church year talking about Jesus, getting ready for his birth, moving through his ministry, crucifixion, resurrection, his ascension, celebration of Pentecost, and now we're in the half of the year where we get all of the lessons that kind of make us uncomfortable because it's where Jesus is telling us how we ought to live. How many of us like having other people tell us how to live? <laughs> Just a couple. I didn't see a lot of hands, but some. It's a hard thing to listen to suggestions on how we should live, and it's particularly hard when we start supplying the words as well. It's interesting to me when we look at the gospel text for today, there are some words that are translated a little curiously. The grain sprouts from the earth, the Greek says, automatically. There is a Greek word for that. Automatically, it springs forth. Now, it's interesting because when we think of farming or agriculture, we immediately start thinking of all this work that a farmer does, right? We get the field ready. There's all kinds of work and science that gets into that. And then there's the process of planting the seeds. There's the caring for these plants over the season, all kinds of 
conversation heated at times about weed abatement or whatever the case might be. Roundup often comes up. All kinds of things. And then it comes time for harvest and careful monitoring of the weather all through this time. But even as a small child, I knew that the farmer did not go out at night and by hand stretch those plants every day until they were the right size. Springs forth from the earth automatically, as the text says. Normally when we think of the parable of the sower, we think of the other one with this kind of recklessly generous sower who's tossing seed left, right, and center. It's on the path, it's on rocks, it's on good soil occasionally. We think of God as the sower, but that's not today's text. In today's text, it's as if we are the ones casting the word out into the world. And then we don't know. Such a curious phrase in the text. We picture the sower going out and in first century Palestine having some broad basket and grabbing fists full of this seed that would be cast out onto the ground. And then we think that this sower would have some great next plan. As the text says, to go to bed. And trust that the earth is going to do what the earth is going to do. That God is at work. Now that's a hard thing, because that's not how we live life, right? We grab everything with our own two hands, and we do our level best to force it into the position we want, falling to sleep in the evening, exhausted from the effort, and pulling ourselves out of bed the next day, to hang on again. It's that sense of security that Greg was talking about earlier. This sense that we can remake the world in our image, forcing it with our hands. That sense of financial security or job security or homeland security or social security. Things that we try to grab onto with our own hands. And if we are just clever enough, strong enough, see the right things, we can force the whole universe to line up with our sense of how things ought to be. Or, or it's not going to work that way. <laughs> or we're going to go to sleep and get up the next day and look out and see what has grown overnight, whether we were clever or strong. There it is. As we look at the text today, we get the great mustard seed story, which I think for people who live within a few hours of the giant sequoia is a little disappointing as a story. Starts out as a pretty little seed, but a sequoia is a much bigger tree to point to. But when you're in that part of the Mediterranean, there aren't a lot of big trees to choose from. The mustard is certainly not the largest, but in that period of time would have been understood as a tiny seed. And what are those small things that are planted in us? What are the small things planted by God in the world 
that grow exponentially in ways that surprise us. And it's interesting because this sense of kingdom, as the text would say, is not a story about conquest, not a story about strength because the world has been forced to a certain worldview, but rather it is an image of shelter provided, an image of sanctuary. That is that sense of strength that sense of kingdom that's very different. But think about also how the text follows from there. It says, the birds of the air. It doesn't say the birds who deserve to be there. Or, you know, the birds that work hard. They should be at the front of the line and making necks at the mustard bush. It doesn't say that at all. God's activity in this world is for everyone. Now let's put ourselves back in that field again, right? We're walking around, throwing this seed, grumbling under our breath that God's generosity going to, you know, everybody like God's prone to do, as opposed to our earthly sense that God's grace in this world is perhaps scarce. Scarce. And only those who work hard should get it. That's not what the text is about today. As we look at all three readings, we have the semi-continuous passage from 1 Samuel. It's kind of an odd text as well, but a reminder that God is the one who chooses. God is the one who acts. In the gospel text, we hear about the seed that is sown, and we may go to sleep and wake up and look at it every day and not see the difference, but over the season, we know when it is time to harvest. And Mark's favorite word, immediately, we are called out to work in the field. I would encourage you, as we move into this week and into this season further, to be mindful that in God's activity in this world, there is a sense of now but not yet. In Mark, we hear that the kingdom of God has come near, and we tend to think of it like a light switch. It's off now, but soon it will be on. But instead, we should be thinking about it a little differently. Perhaps like those first rays of the dawn. You can see the light, and you know it's coming. And you can imagine what it's going to be like in its fullness. And the challenge, the call for us, is to live in that new day now. Even when we are covered in shadow, even when the world around us is unfair and unjust, we are called not to participate in that, but to participate in God's new day. Amen.